Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry. Terry and Max are also here. Uh, Christmas has come and gone. Boxing Day came and went as well. Uh, I think both of them were, were kind of great. Just saying. Guys, uh, w- I guess we should just get super personal and non-football-y for a second. Uh, Max, what did you get for Christmas? What did I get for Christmas? Well, uh, as you know, I got the um, the Creamfield tickets that I was so, you know, desperately after. I got them, you know, prepaid for me at the time they came out. So well, I mean, that was... did the Creamfield ticket? Are you talking about to go see uh... Swedish House Mafia? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been calling them in my head over the past few days. Swedish Fish Mafia, just being a jerk. So it's... <laughs> I can't I can't help it, Max. I have no one to talk to about these things. It's all in my head, and my well, kids have candy. Just listen to them. You realize how good they are. And, uh, and I got, and I got um, Red Dead. So I went back in mm. Manchester, and I've got my Xbox. But basically, in between this time, I'm just going to watch a footload of Westerns and proper get myself in the mood to play a cowboy game, and I'm just going to play it forever once I get back. Nice. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, there's some decent recent westerns, by the way. Uh, 310 to Yuma is pretty solid. And there's a western set in Australia that's actually my favorite recent western. It's called The Proposition. I think it's got Ray Winstone in it. Banging movie. Really good movie. So, anyway. Terry, what did you what did you get? We talked a little bit off camera, off the air. Uh, I, got, I did quite well. I got a new laptop. Um football manager to go with it as well which is going to get played a lot while I'm off work <laughs> um, new trainers, couple of books, things like that Yeah, mm-hmm. so did really well how about you? Awesome I, I in my stocking I got a new pair of Balega socks like running socks uh, I didn't tell Santa what I wanted for Christmas so I, I didn't get anything else <laughs> I was all like, let's make sure the kids are taken care of first, and then I'll worry about me, whatever. So I, I, my my wife had told her parents, hey, Jerry wants running shorts. And, of course, her mom got me these basketball shorts that go down past my knees. So, <laughs> so that didn't really work out too well. But so finally we went to the, to the, the sports store uh, you know, yesterday. I got a pair of running shorts, which is cool. So, so far I've gotten running socks and running shorts. There's a theme in my presence this year. I think it's pretty much what's happening is I'm getting all running stuff. Uh, so that means I actually have to – maybe that will make me accountable, actually make me keep going. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. And the kids. The kids got their kits, Sigurdsson and Bernard. And they actually kind of look like them too. So, yeah. We're going to take the picture of each of them from, like, behind, like, turning their heads back so you can see their names, but you can still see Turner's curly little Bernard hair and the fact that he's, like, two and a half feet tall. You know, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be neat. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, guys, I guess we need to talk, talk football. Um, let's give a quick summary of the show. For those of you listening and not looking at our faces at the moment, I'm talking about the podcast listeners. Uh, We're going to start with a reaction to the explosion that was Boxing Day. Uh, Yeah, the Burnley reaction. Uh, That was a real thing that happened. And for a little while there, I thought I dreamt it. Uh, It was pretty great. Uh, Then we're going to, we have to move on to the next one because you know what? Festive period. The matches are coming hard and fast. Gross. Uh, so we'll start with, we'll be talking about the Brighton preview, and then we'll go into the starting 11 versus Brighton. And then we'll do, if you know your history, yeah, it's quiz. I, I, I Quizmaster John sent me the stuff right before we started. So these guys have some piping hot, fresh questions that they can, uh, you know, probably complain to me about because they're probably too hard like usual Burnley reaction it just rained goals Terry how are you feeling after after that one give us your initial thoughts 
uh, relieved more than anything because obviously we'd had a really bad run in December, culminating in the Tottenham um, disaster where we obviously got thoroughly battered. And I was just praying that we'd correct it with the net in this next game because there's still more games coming up where we can, if we can get results in them as well can turn a terrible month into a sort of middling month and like address the slide. I didn't expect us, I expected a reaction. I, I thought we would beat Burnley all the time, even before before Tottenham and after Tottenham, both, I never changed in that. I thought, right, Burnley's going to probably be the game where we turn it around because Burnley are playing really bad at the minute. They're in the bottom three. Mm. And obviously, I didn't, what I didn't expect was just how big a reaction the team got. We, did something that I've, we've, I've not seen Everton do probably ever and I've always thought we had the potential to do is we come out and blew a team away in the early stages we came out and mm-hmm. put goals on the board and really went after the opposition early and got I don't want to say got the result wrapped up early doors but give ourselves such a good sort of platform to work on our, ever since I've been a supporter we've never been a uh, you know, a, a fast starting team. We've always sort of grown into matches and been better in the second half on the most part. I was really impressed with how well we played. I thought Bernard was excellent. Same, yeah. He, best gamer in Everton shirt. I thought Yerry Mina was great. Luca Dean, what more can you say about him? Like, oh, to be honest, a lot of the newer players from this summer all showed why we brought them in. They all came out and said, <laughs> like, last week, the last result wasn't acceptable. It's time to put on a real performance. And, show what we're made of and show that we can uh, we, we don't like it and there's our reaction and I was I was made up fantastic how about uh, Big Yarrants do it get a little dance going on I, I was so I was so happy then I was like everybody get away from him let him finish the dance <laughs> come on guys I know you're happy I was expecting what? to watch the dance he just yeah. did the sort of like shoulder shimmy and all the all well, the, um, the gifts you see of him in there and he's, he's proper giving it some a uh, some extravagant um, sort of samba looking thing and he just <laughs> shimmy the shoulders and like, ah, oh, yeah, it's only I think he was going to get there. I think he was going to get there, but everybody hugged him and wrapped him up so we didn't actually uh, see. It's like a build-up dance, you know what I mean? And uh, no. Yeah, I was I was fully, I was waiting and then I saw it and I was like, Zuma, I know you love him. Don't hug him now. Give him a stage really quick. You know? I guess we're just, he's just going to have to score more so we can, so we can watch mm. that. Uh, Max, I know you've been waiting, waiting to see uh, Big Yerald bring out the uh, bring out the dance, yeah. Yeah, of course. And on a wireless game, I'm just extremely, uh, like Teddy said, I'm relieved that we responded to our biggest loss under Marco Silva with our biggest league win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think think that speaks volumes of the character of the team, which you know, uncovering as much as we can in terms of character of the side six, seven months in to to respond like that. It's massive. What was it? Ninety seconds on the clock. We've got the first, and by twenty-two minutes, we're three 0 up. And if you break that down even more, what was even more pleasing to see was the fact that obviously the first goal comes from basically a corner. It was the, you know the second ball swung in from a corner. Second one was a pet um, with the second the free kick, and the third was the penalty. So yeah. it's it's making chances count. Something that we haven't done over this poor run, um, being clinical and clearly blowing the opposition away. And something else that I feel that needs to be brought up is that is how you play with three at the back. It looked like three at the back, and I thought we did it exceptionally well. Um, example of it going wrong, Manchester City away. Example of it going right, this game. I thought the three centre-halves you know, had a much better, clear understanding of what they needed to do both on and off the ball. And I thought in terms of playing out from the back and breaking the lines, they looked calm, composed. And I do think Burnley were, you know, closing us down. Obviously, not as well as Manchester City, but you know they were trying. But we stayed calm and we handled it really well. Um, in terms of pushing the ball forward, I thought Bernard, uh, my man of the match. Actually, you know what? It's funny because you think Luca Dean. Obviously, I knew but, I knew you were going to be conflicted yeah, about this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm 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 just really happy at the fact that you know these new players, these flair players are showing what they're made of. I thought Walcott had a really good game as, as well. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I think I read an article that Marco Silva said to Walcott after the game, that's the Walcott he wanted to see. And it, it, it certainly was from a fan point of view as well. 
I think Terry's highlighted it with Walker so many times that he plays his best, you know, when he's getting in behind, when he's picking up those pockets of space. And I thought he did that arguably better than he has since he's moved to the club in that game. Although he didn't get on the score sheet, I thought he had a really good game and everyone else exceptionally well. Yeah. Uh, That was going to be my question, though, when you started talking about three at the back. That was going to be my my first big question. Uh, I know we, we all kind of... Last time we discussed systems, and we were all kind of like, you know what? I don't think three at the backs for us. No, really, it's not really our. But here's something we got to think about: um, when there's no when there's no Idrissa Gay. Yeah, it's a that's. I think that's the monstrous factor that we got to think about when there's no Idrissa Gay. Do we do we feel like we have the personnel? To, to run, you know, I just don't know if Tom Davies and uh, Gomez are are really, I feel like we, we need to bring somebody in to be able to, to cover for him at that point because I don't know if we actually have someone. Otherwise, then we just make sure our guys are, are, are ready in terms of our center backs, you know. Uh, they ran three at the back as well, mm-hmm. which uh, was interesting. Um, which I, I I felt like that was a respect move on their part for our attack. Um, by the way, their goal was the Burnliest goal I've ever seen. Has there been a more Burnley goal than that goal? <laughs> Pumping the ball into the like the position of maximum opportunity. Just pinball. It gets like saved sorta, and then it goes right to their center back. You know, one of those center backs who doesn't even hit it hard. He just squibs it off to the side, and it just trickles in from the. It was just such a Burnley goal, you yeah. know, just from like scrappy hard work. And That's the way I always think about their goals. And did you notice straight after that? I think it was like literally we we picked the ball up, went on the attack. Bernard slipped and injured himself. I was thinking, oh, please yeah. don't Everton this now, but. You know, fair play to them. I think we com- we controlled the game exceptionally well, and yeah, good three points there. Every, I feel like every single one of us. I my my next question was concerns after that first goal, guys. Uh, every single one of us at this point, we're kind of like, uh, okay, no more. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was it was definitely one of those, especially because they pressed for a, they they were pushing pretty hard there for a little while. Um, and they came out with a really physical game plan. If you watched right after halftime, they were any kind of little after the play shove. Uh, it was it was the way people normally play against us this season. Mm. You know what I mean? It was very it was more physical right after halftime. I think it's because there was a, a deficit there. Uh, maybe they wanted to get us a little angry, which is fully within their, you know. So well, I I loved that that. Um... Not only did we play as well as we did, but we clearly went like intimidated by them, and the players mm-hmm. were up for they they really dug in and like were up for the the battle and like no mm-hmm. these are our points you're not just going to push us you know around and bully us out of them and he, like everyone just sort of had a running battle with their opposite number and I, that is I I love seeing that from them um, from the Everton team just when the we've had previous managers where a lot of the fight went out of the team. And it's good to see it back because that was love or hate David Moyes' teams always had that. And it was yeah. the foundation of his success that his teams always fought for each other. And that's what I'm hoping we're building here with all these new players, a sort of team spirit and an, um, a togetherness where when you do need a result or when you do need a reaction from a bad result, you can go out and like f- you dig one out and, and really, really go for it. That was a, I was really happy to see that. Uh, DCL... Getting uh, getting some starting striker mojo going. Uh, how how are you feeling about DCL as our starting striker at the moment? Uh, it seems like people are sort sort of settling into that at the moment before the winter window. Of course, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Terry, how are you feeling about DCL's performance uh, on Boxing Day? Um, feeling good. The, the shit is until he loses it now because he's come in and he's he's impressed. He's he's come in and he's done well in games where the team didn't play well, and now um, this was the first games that he started where the team had won. And you can see he is the template and the mold of the type of striker that uh, the yeah. team needs. Whether he's got the quality to stay there long term, 
and the ruthlessness is you know in his finishing it remains to be seen. But at the minute, he, he's he's progressed since last season. He's bulked up. He seems to have a little bit more going on upstairs, and I'm happy with him up front. I, I long may leave him in the team until he um, until it becomes uh, too compelling to to drop him. Too compelling not to drop him. So that's I'm happy with him. I like that. Until it becomes too compelling. <laughs> That's just... I, uh, I like that. It's just a classy way of saying... Yeah, of saying, you know what? If, if, unless there's a better idea. You know? Yes. <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, Max, how are you feeling about DCL? I'm 100% fine with it. I thought he was, again, one of the better players on the pitch. And a huge reason for that, I think Teddy underlined it, is that... He's got better players around him that are getting the, get, giving him better quality service. And not just that, his interplay with this group of players seemed a lot better to last season when you look where he was kind of dropped in at the deep end. And more often than not, the isolated number nine, like the only player that would be in and around their, their box. So uh, to see his development of the play this season has been, it's really pleasing. As you know, I'm critical of him only because for a young striker to, to you know to lead the line for a club that has ambitions of getting a European slot, I think you need to be showing consistency in, in terms of your goal return, which he hasn't. But I think this performance is a big, you know, it, it's hugely promising because he was getting involved with the play. And I think if you look at the, the, the sequence of play that happened just before that free kick was given for... Luke, you know the, the free kick that Luca Dean scored. I know he took a heavy touch, but for for him to be involved and you know to be in the in in, in and around the build up and and seems like he's understanding Marco Silva's philosophy of football because you may not commonly associate him as being the striker that a Marco mm-hmm. Silva team would want. I know Jerry, you've said plenty of times it seems like more made for a you know an Aguero fit, mm-hmm. but I do as I say, there's there's been a development physically. Technically, and uh, yeah, you you can't drop him at the minute because he's playing exceptionally well. I would agree, and I think uh, I think the main thing that a a striker for Silva needs is speed. You know what I mean? It could be an Aguero type player, uh, but DCL is really really fast. He's a very very fast player, and the thing the thing is that I that I like that I started to appreciate more and more about him. Um, he combines well with other players. Uh, he really does. Um, he gets his head up, and his because he's bulking up, his hold-up play is getting better. You know, um, it's great. It's just he's he's in he's kind of in development. You know, uh, I I don't know if if he'll be our starter in two months. We may be bringing someone in who's already developed, but I like the idea of him getting development now and us not taking backwards steps because of it. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes you're wanting to push a player in there to develop and your team suffers because of that, and that is, that's, that's rough. That's not easy. Um, but right now, it's heck yeah, get him in there. Let's do it, man. You know, I, I love watching him play because his confidence is just growing even if he's not scoring every game. <coughs> it's the fact that he feels like the manager believes in him, and the other players do. Mm. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing all right with DCL. Still think yeah. we need another striker during the window. That doesn't negate the need, but mm. anyway. All right. Anything else on this, guys? No. No. All right. Well, I guess that's it for our uh, Burnley match reaction. Um, smiles abound. Also, a few wipes of the brow. That's That's relief. <laughs> got to do a match preview of the Brighton fixture this weekend. Um, they're currently 13th in the table, 6-4-9, and nine, 22 points. Uh, recently drew with Arsenal, 1-1, lost to Bournemouth, 2-0, lost to Chelsea, 2-1. So uh, th- there's a possibility Ryan m- might be out as far as keeper because uh, maybe because of Asia Cup, not really sure. All I, all I know is I can't find an injury with him. Uh, so there's that. So Button might be playing. 
But if not, we know Matt Ryan's a quality keeper. All right. Um, other possible starters, Montoya, Dunk, Duffy, because I think Dunk has already served his red card suspension. I believe that's right. Um, uh, Bernardo, Solly March, Davy Proper, Stevens, Locadia, uh, Gross, Pascal Gross, uh, and either uh, Andone or Glenn Murray. English Jink Tosin. So, uh, Dangerman, I could see. Pa- Pascal Grosch is just really good player. Yeah. Just a, I'm kind of, like, he didn't have to play, he didn't play against us last time. I think he may have been injured. So, uh, it sucks that he's back for us. Uh, he's a good player. But, and, uh, you know, they're, they're two strikers, and Don and Murray, they both can score. Mm. Opportunistic. Max, you want to start us off, man? It, it, what, what actually concerns you about this uh, Brighton squad? It's an interesting one, obviously coming off the back of that five-one. I don't, I don't, you know, we can't. It's not a well. I say this touch wood. I hopefully we're not going to be letting our ego get the better of us and thinking this is a sealed mm-hmm. three points. Uh, yeah, Max, not not necessarily the easiest place to go. I think Teddy came up with a good one before. Who had they only been beat by at home? Um, I think it was Tottenham and Chelsea at home. In the last 12 games, they've only been beaten by those two teams at home. Mm, yeah, so, but, I mean, it's not going to be a cakewalk by any means, but you should think we should go. We, we should definitely go into this game with the same mentality that we have following the Burnley one. And, you know, we should aim to steamroll them, but hopefully that won't leave us too exposed at the back. And, obviously, the big one is the big question are we, you know, are we going to roll with the three at the back again, or are we going to revert back to a four? Big question. We may have to delve more into that in our starting eleven segment. I think that's going to be uh, one of the biggest points of conversation in that in that segment. Um, Terry, what are you thinking about Brighton? Yeah, as Max said, then like on paper, you you know, you could look at it and go, well. They're not as good as us, so that should, you know we should be looking to win that one. But they are a very good uh, team at home. Um, but off the back of the result we've just had, I mean, you can never take a game for granted, especially at this time of year, because you don't know what players are going to you know carry in fatigue and whatnot. But you need to look to build on a result like that. You know, the the we've drawn hopefully drawn a line under the the poor results in December now with that big win over Burnley, and if you win. This game, then that's two quick fire back to back away wins, and that could just go a long way for towards the rest of the season, just for squad confidence, if nothing else. So mm. they're a good side, Brighton. I mean, um, Max touched on it before we started. Um, if the Burnley game was our best uh, performance of the season, I think uh, a close second would probably be the home game against Brighton. We played really well against them and were really good in attack, and I'd be looking to do that. Make give that sort of performance again as a you know they're a decent team but they shouldn't they haven't really got the quality of player that we've got like as Richarlison showed when he he, he made a fool at Duffy in the home game by knocking the ball around him like he was a kid. I I would hope to see some of the players who played well last game like Bernard Walcott like see there them those two and others build on their performances and see if we can kick on from that and use that Burnley win as a platform for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think Chris Hutton's done a really good job with them, to be honest, uh considering the situation. Um he's got some stability uh in terms of you know, his players know what he wants from them. Uh they're organized defensively. Um yeah, they're they're kind of one of those teams that they're not the easiest to break down. Yeah, especially you, at home. Yeah, if you think about it, they only just they only got promoted last season, and they you know they look mm-hmm. real steady at these now. And I think a point that's worth making on our behalf is that Burnley win was only our second away win so far this season after mm-hmm. the the win against Leicester. So I mean that certainly plays into Brighton's hand with them being you know good home performers, but mm-hmm. you know. Surely it's getting to this stage now where there's enough cohesion in the squad. Certainly, look like that against Burnley that we can over, we can out, we can out, we you know we can out fire teams that are mm. good at home, so to speak. If they, you know if if they are lowly in the league, we you know we need to ramp up the points certainly after that poor December run. It's what top teams do. They go to grounds where the the opposition have got a good home um, 
record, but the the quality just shows they overpower them. Like if you want to be a top team, you need to start putting performances like that in, not like getting the excuses in here. Like oh well, they're good at home, and you know they you know they they're strong defensively. It's like yeah, that that that's true, but. You, at what point do you just turn around and say, "Listen, the quality of our players, the amount uh, we've invested in our squad, we should be looking to be just rolling teams like that." You know, rolling over teams like this doesn't always work like that. We've uh, had that had that bite us earlier in the month. We, I think, we all felt a bit, a little bit like that before the Newcastle game and ended up dropping two points. And then same again with Watford. But doesn't mean you stop trying. We we want to get to the point where we're just too strong for teams like this and then we can only have to worry about taking that next step to the other, the bigger teams. Mm. These are, I mean, matches like this are really important. You know, uh, you, if you want to be progressing, you know, you don't, you don't travel to Brighton and, and drop three. You know what I mean? If you're wanting to progress, if we are on this trajectory that we are supposedly trying to be on, you know what I mean? So, uh, I, I don't want to. I, I think I think we've complimented Brighton in terms of you know seeing what they are. I think we said a lot of positive things. Having said that, this this should be seems like it should be a win. Yeah, right? should yeah. be. You know, um, we ex- we expect that if we play the way you know we saw on Boxing Day. So, um, having said that, and having said all of us go yes to that question uh, or to that statement. Uh, what's our predictions? 3-1. 3-1 says Terry. 2-0. 2-0 says Max. And Jerry says 2-1. We're kind of going against statistics a bit here in terms of Brighton not really giving up a lot of losses at home and ever not really getting a lot of wins away from home. Um, I think we're just basing this on uh, recent form. Mm. <clears throat> and maybe there's some optimism in our predictions as well. So I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, I guess that's it for our uh, our Brighton preview. We're going to follow that up with our starting 11 versus Brighton segment where we'll try to predict what Marco's going to do. Good luck with that, guys. Uh. Jerry's here, Terry's here, Max is here, and we need to play a little amazing Kreskin here to try to figure out who's who's Marco going to start. Uh, against Brighton. I got to be honest, if any of us is right on this one, I'll just be shocked because uh, you got to take injuries into consideration because it's hard to know exactly how injured certain players are. Um, recently, Gay was, uh, you know, didn't start, and then before that, he wasn't even in the squad. Lookman hasn't been in the squad, and of course, everybody's like freaking out, like, oh no, they're both going to be off. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> There's all these weird little things that happen in the in the buildup, all right? However, I think all we can do is just assume Gay really was injured, and he's back, and Lookman really is injured, and that's really the best we can do at the moment. Um, so uh, I guess it's Terry's turn to start, start first. Uh, the big conversation, we Max alluded to it before. I'm not going to pretend like this was my first talking point. Because Max said it first. Uh, is it going to be three at the back? Uh, Terry, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, it probably will be. I mean, I don't like it. I've said before, I don't like three at the back for Everton. I don't think um, long-term it'll work, but you can't add five one. I, I don't think he'll change that. I think some of the personnel will change. Not as many as people think, but I think we'll probably roll with something like Pickford in goal, uh, but same back three, Mina, Keane and uh, Zuma. Uh, interestingly, I brought up off camera that that back three was the same personnel as what were played against City, but they were set up differently. Um, in against Man City, it was um, Yerry Mina at left centre back, um, Zuma in the middle, and Keane on the right. 
But against Burnley, it was Yerry Mina as the right centre back, Michael Keane as the centre central player, and Zuma at left. And it doesn't seem like it make a big difference, but it clearly did. As you could see, they seemed a lot more comfortable with that setup. So maybe, uh, maybe that was part of the problem at Man City, but. We'll see. Uh, Coleman at right wing back. Uh, Luca Dean at left wing back. Um, this is where I'll probably see one of the changes. I think of of Sigurdsson and Gomez. One of them will drop out for Idrissa Gay. Might not work because um, three centre backs and Gay as well might be a little bit too much. Might slow the game down uh, as he comes to collect it. But I, I do think that's what we'll do. I think it would work better if uh, Sigurdsson dropped off for Gay and we play Gomez and Sigurdsson as the middle two, but that's probably a little bit uh, intensive on Gomez. He did pick up a knock, didn't he, against Tottenham, but I, I can't see it being Sigurdsson and Gay as a central pair, and I don't think that would... Uh, just don't see that working. And then the front three, probably probably the same. Bernard, Walcott and um, Calvert-Lewin, one of the other options would probably be play Richarlison through the middle, but considering how well team that started played against Burnley and how good they were in the first half hour if there's any ch- I'd, I would probably stump for one change to start with which would be Idrissa Gay and then we'll probably see more changes in the following games hmm. mine is very different <laughs> there's a there's a spoiler <laughs> uh, Max to, to play devil's advocate I've gone very different too uh, it's not necessarily what I think Marco will do it's just something I want to see I want to see us go back to the back four um, because of that brings changes to the roles of the central midfielders because I mean I'm sure we'll touch on it later I'll just get me line up out the way Pickford in goal Dean at left back Mina and Keane as the centre back partnership Seamus Coleman right back Adrissa Gay if fit Andre Gomez Gilfie Sigurdsson in front of them Bernard Calvert-Lewin and Walcott, Richardson on the bench, which I think is, would be the right call to make. Um, in terms of what difference the back five makes to different players, I think it, it obviously it brings a huge difference to the wing-back wing back style of play. I think Dean and Coleman were getting on the ball a hell of a lot more than what they would usually if, um, mm-hmm. if it was a four-back. And they were, getting, they were picking the ball up in a lot more advanced positions, which... You know, is optimal. I think we play at our best when we are given the freedom to the to the wing backs as such. But something that I do think it stifles is I think it stifles creativity through the middle. Yeah. Uh, you see Sigurdsson pick and Gomez picking up the ball. I'd say just too deep to mm-hmm. to make use of the passing range. Put for, you know, thread the through balls. So and we know how you know how decisive they can be when they are further up the pitch. And uh, you know, as Terry said, I think it's all you know. It's entirely dependent on how Marco Silva views the health of Adrissa Gay. Um, I don't think this is a game where you know we're re- we'd rest him for the sake of resting because I do feel like if he is fit, I think he's on the pitch. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I, as I say, I can't see a five back in Adrissa Gay. I, 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 you know, I personally, I believe the five back slash three back is to compensate for Gay's absence. But um, but yeah, uh, wait, what shall we pick apart? Because I, I, I feel like if we revert back to that four three three that brought brought us so much success earlier in this earlier in the season. I I don't think that's any huge problem. Yeah, I've I've got the mine is very similar to yours, Max. Mm. I've got uh, going four at the back. The first time I wrote this down, I put five at the back. Or the you know the three at the back and the wing backs you know what I mean. Uh, that the first time I wrote that down, I had uh, uh, yeah, Keen, Mina, and Zuma, all three of them. Um, now I've got I've got Zuma dropping. However, I keep wondering when Keen is gonna get some rest. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't has he? Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Mina Zuma as a partnership. Um, and at some point, Keen may may need that. Um, I don't know if Brighton away is a good opportunity for that. However, I know Mina just did play on the right side of the back three, and Zuma played on the left just just recently. So uh, it, it's something to consider. But no, I don't. I've got Zuma dropping just like you do, Max. Uh, Luca Dean, Adrissa Gay, Andre Gomez, Sigurdsson. I've got Richarlison coming in for Bernard just because Bernard worked so damned hard 
previous game. Um, I, I feel like he may be a little spent. Um, he's still getting used to our league. You know what I mean? Still getting used to Premier League. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, players, I think, could use a, a rest at some point. Sigurdsson, Gomez, Keane, Coleman at some point, right? Mm. Uh, but how's that going to work? We don't know. <laughs> you know, there's no, no idea. But so, yeah, and, I, and I've got uh, Richarlison, Walcott, DCL up front. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's just such a weird conversation. I think a lot of it, it's, it's just a gay. Is the real, is he healthy? <clears throat> Is he yeah. fit? Because um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the game plan is going to change. I don't think, you know, I think we'd expect to have more possession and to be, you know, firmly in control. Not necessarily firmly in control of the game, but you know what I mean. I, I, I'd expect us to be the more dominant side, as we've said. Um, yeah, because we are, we already kind of lack creativity through the middle, like already. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, like. Almost always going out to the wings. Mm. Coleman crossing it usually to the first man, usually to the opposition. Luca Dean doing some bizarre looping, curving cross that goes in between like three different players and weaves perfectly onto someone else's head. It happens. <laughs> uh, or, or Bernard, actually. Bernard got an assist from the, from the side this past game. Uh, yeah, that's... that's when when we put into that back formation, that three at the back formation, there's we already lack creative in the middle, then that's already going to be there. But does it matter as long as we're scoring goals? Terry, you've got us running five at the back. Do you think we're still going to be okay? And then Marco's not really going to care if we're creative through the middle. You know what I mean? Um, I th- I think um, considering Walcott and Bernard played so well against Burnley, I mean mm-hmm. the three the three five. Or whatever it is, three or five players at the back. Obviously, the mid, as you say, the middle's restricted quite a lot. So you're relying a lot on the wide players. But since they played so well, I think he'll be fine with that. It's not, yeah. as I've said, I, it's not what I would do. It's not the, not what I want him to do. But I think it is what he will do because mm. uh, I'm I'm not a fan of five at the back anyway. But I can't see him changing the shape of the team after such a commanding performance in the last game. I think Bernard and Walcott will get another go and. See if he can build on that performance. Right on. Uh, any other thoughts on this, guys? No. All right. We've actually exhausted a lot of conversation on this one. Uh, it's pretty, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to go on this one, though. It's not, I remember earlier in the season, it was like Terry would say his lineup, then Max and me. It was like pretty much all the same thing. There you go. And uh, everybody else is probably saying, viewers and listeners saying the same stuff. So it's just different during the festive season. Um, all right, so I guess that's it for our starting 11 versus Brighton segment. Uh, we're probably all being wrong, but at least we have reasons to back up what we're saying. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. That's all you should know. I'm not going to explain any more about this segment, because you know what? We do it every time. If you're a first-time listener, I'm being incredibly insensitive to you. I'll give you a hug. I owe you a hug. There you go. Maybe you'll figure it out as we go. Uh, so, guys, we got a flip to see who who goes first on their on their trivia question. Uh, this is a memory card. It has two sides. That is the heads. That is the tails. No uh, no coins here. I don't believe in change, gentlemen. Who's gonna call this? Tails. Max calls tails. Shock me. Alert the media. And there we go. And it's a heads. Terry, what do you want? Is there, um, is there a name the lineup or is it named the stat? Depends. I knew you were going with this. This is actually just basic trivia questions. Some of these are numbers, and but not all. I'll go in second seems to always save you well, so I'll go second. All right. Terry's going second. So uh, cue intense quiz music, please. 
It's a slow grower, ramps up, the drums very, and there it is. Okay, good. So, Max, your question. <clears throat> On uh, the 2nd of January in 2017, Everton's New Year fixture under Ronald Koeman, Everton won 3-0 against Southampton at Goodison, scoring three goals pretty late into the second half. Baines scored the second, which is a penalty, in the 81st minute, and Lukaku scored the, the third in the 89th minute. Who scored the first in the 73rd minute? The first goal against Southampton. It was a 3-0 win, January 2nd, 2017. I'll say Lukaku. Max says Lukaku. Terry, who scored the first goal? In the 3 0 Southampton win at Goodison, January of 2017. I think I remember it. Um, was it Enner Valencia? It was Enner Valencia. Oh my god, he played for us. He was played that? for us. That's a thing that happened. Uh, yeah, Terry, uh, Terry with the block there. Terry with the block. So if you're just tuning in just trying to figure this out this is like a penalty shootout and max unfortunately uh it was a save terry made a save he's got really long arms that terry all right so next question question number two terry james vaughn made just 11 starts for everton throughout his time at the blues but how many substitute appearances um I do not know, so I'm going to have to go for my best guess. I'm going to go at 25. 25 substitute appearances for James Vaughn. Maxwell House, what do you got? 31. 31. The correct answer is 52 substitute appearances. Guy got off the bench a lot. Max makes a save, (coughs) and I have no way to dress that up. Uh, well done, Max. Uh, now, question three. One of Terry and Paul's favorite players, James Beatty, spent around two and a half years at Everton. Signed for a club record of six million pounds back in 2005. But how many goals did he score for Everton overall? Oh, he didn't score many because he was a letdown, wasn't he? Um... I'm going to say he scored 15 goals. Okay. Max says James Beatty scored 15 goals. James Beatty. Terry. How many goals did he score overall? And how many did Max say? He said 15. Mm, I'm going to do the prices right and uh, go for 16. I'm going to have to quote Happy Gilmore, but not all the way because it would be insulting. But the price is wrong. Uh (laughs) Uh, 15 is the correct answer. Max, on the nose. I got him on the back of one of my kits. I've got, like, just, uh, you know, a weird sentimental knowledge attached to players who I've got on the back of kits in me time. I don't know why. I just do. I mean, that makes sense. But, I mean, this is... I mean, you put that one perfectly yeah. in the upper oh, corner. Uh, that, that was, was a Paneka penalty chip. That was... <laughs> Straight up precision. I mean, he was so confident, you know, just walked up. Yeah, that was, that was well done. Terry, the game's afoot, my friend. <laughs> uh, James McFadden signed for Everton a second time on a free transfer in 2011. He signed a deal until the end of the season. How many appearances did he make for Everton in his second spell? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Press and transfer in our history, that. Not over, because we couldn't sign a striker. I know. It wasn't a lot. I'm going to say five. Five question mark? (laughs) Five. 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 When you say it like that, you got to do the Jennifer Aniston like head thing. Five. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, five. I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, five, five. Okay. 
You sure it's five? All right. So, <laughs> Max, what do you got, man? Uh, it was the season where we got to the semi-final in the FA Cup, and I'm, I'm sure he made not many more appearances as five, but a few more, m- more substitutes than anything else. I'm going to say seven. Ah. James McFadden had three starts and five substitute appearances for a total of my favorite number in the world, eight. Eight. So that's a block. That's a block by Max, and we don't even really need the tiebreaker question, but we're going to do it anyway because fun. Uh, how much? How much did Everton sign Tim Howard for from Man United back in February of two thousand and seven? The pressure's off now. Doesn't matter. You could tell me eleven D trillion, and it's not going to matter. So. Four mil. Four mil, says Max. What'd you say? 5.5 mil. 5.5 mil. The answer is 3 million. You're both overestimating the value of Tim Howard back in the day. Which, yeah. Um, so, that is it. I uh, can stop looking at my cheat sheet. Uh, congratulations to Max. Uh, this you, you win this round, Carlisle. Uh, apparently you know your history, so congratulations. Terry, we, we know you know your history, too. It's just <laughs> not, you know, not your day. It happens. Uh, <laughs> Max, as your, as your reward, you get to pick a song, pick a track to close out the show with. Mm-hmm. What are you closing the show with? I'll go with Levels by Avicii. Levels by Avicii. Levels. Oh, yeah, I, I got that. I just don't know if I've ever heard it. You Terry's looking, Terry's shaking his head and furrowing his brow and making me feel less like an old man, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of Avicii, some of that song. We'll probably, I think a lot of people who are listening do, though. So. <laughs> you'll have heard it. You'll know, you'll, you'll know the melody, surely. Yeah? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I think it's got, it's got an, uh, the, Etta, Etta James vocals on it as well. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people in my old job used to listen to Avicii in the stock room, so I'm sure I'll recognise it the second I uh, second. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. R.I.P. By the way, go to the Avicii died. You know. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, sad. Like one of the saddest things about 2018. Dude, I actually watched. Uh, I saw the news about that, and I actually, I think I might actually recognise the song now. Yeah. Was he one. He died like really young in like a hotel room, something like that. Yeah, I don't think it was a hotel room. It was in. It was in some some like he was on tour, but like it's it was gets given as a, as a suicide. But you know, mm. there's a lot of mitigating factors. Well, I've got to that. I saw I've saw his last ever UK performance at Creamfield mm. a few years back. He uh, he headlined. He was absolutely fantastic. And uh, but yeah, I've always been a big fan of his, and I'd probably say either Levels or Silhouettes, which is another track by him. It probably mm. sums up me high school life. Like, if I was to pick one school that summed up high school, it would probably be one by him. So, yeah, mm. another fantastic Swedish DJ to add to the mix. I'm going to have to go check out the lyrics to this song just so I can understand Mike's high school life. <laughs> no, it's not even lyrics. It's, it's, it's EDM. <laughs> it's EDM. As I said, it's, I think it's that James song that he threw over the, mm. the vocals. So he, he messes about with loads of like, vocal tracks and stuff. He's really good. I love it. He makes He's very different to a lot of different DJs. Well, he was, at least. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I was really worried you were talking about the guy the guy that died. I was like, oh, no, it isn't the guy. So I, I, my brain's like, oh, wow, I was going in the right direction. So maybe I'm not the oldest <laughs> out-of-touch fart in the history of the world. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, damn, it's the guy. Yeah. Because yeah, that's a sad story. That's no, a really is. sad story. Sad. Um... But the cool thing is, we get to keep hearing his music, and so we get to close the show with that. So Max has given ample reason to close the show with Leveled by Avicii. So there it is. You're, you're probably listening to it right now. <laughs> and as we as we listen to that right now, uh, it's time to end the big show. The podcast, the Top of Loose podcast, is about to be over. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, please subscribe to the Topic Loose podcast. Rate it if you can. Um, leave us one of those like kind re- reviews that says something like "Merry Christmas, Toffee Blues." 
You know, that would just, that would do me. You know, that'd be the simplest review ever. Uh, so, also, if you, for some reason, get this crazy feeling like, you know, I want to see what they look like. We have a YouTube channel, so check out the Topic Blues YouTube channel. Subscribe to it, because why not? Um, also, Terry on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, he shows up there. Look for him. Uh, look, check out his Twitter. Just well, He's just witty, you know? He brings he brings the twit wit. You know what I mean? It's all over the place. Uh, he's not one of the twidiots. Ha! I, it's a it's a rejoked dad thing I, I did with John the uh, Quizmaster John earlier. Uh, so uh, also look for look for Max on, <clears> on Twitter. <throat> He'll tell you where he's going to show up. Uh, he's all over the Toffee Blues website though. I mean that website's just dripping with Max. It's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, you're welcome for that description, what everyone. Audible, audible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I sometimes I'll, I'll gross you out. It happens. Uh, so check out check out his Twitter for that though. Uh, but uh, also just go to the Top of Blues website. It's all things Everton. Uh, some really you know Evertonians like you. They're writing these things. So why wouldn't you read it? You know. I mean, I do. Uh, and and uh, check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's all. I don't have any more plugging. I don't have a lot of self-promotion to do. Uh, yeah. There, there you go. I, I don't have a lot to plug for myself, sadly. I don't do things like these guys. They're active. Mm-hmm. Um, gentlemen, uh, let's get three points uh, at Brighton this weekend. I'm, I'm down with that. Terry, thanks a bunch. Good to talk to you. Uh, happy to Merry have. Christmas late, which is yeah. wonderful. Merry <laughs> uh, Max, happy uh, happy late Christmas to you as well, Hello. sir. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, man. It's good. To, I'm, I'm I'm happy to see your snowman in the background. <laughs> of course, I'm happy to be back. Happy holidays to <laughs> you uh, and uh, all the audience. Yeah, not a Christmas moose this time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, there's no no uh, Randolph the Christmas moose. <laughs> <laughs> I've seriously been playing around with a, a Randolph the Christmas moose story in my brain. I cannot help it because it's just one of the dumbest things I've said. So, <laughs> and uh, that, that's a big list too. Right, so, guys, uh, thanks a lot. Much love to you, everybody listening. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and uh, yeah, up the blues, people. Yeah, nah. Bye.